Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. We've got an all-star panel for you this week. We got <laughs> Ash Paulson from Game Explain. Hello there. Thanks for having me on. As always, I'm super happy to be here. Absolute pleasure. Gerard the Completionist. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I can't handle this. <laughs> and we got Don Koopman, Nintendo over there. I'm good. How are you? Good. This is like... I wish I had more chairs because I like I wanted, I wanted like a ten person panel here, like, like, the, like all the Nintendo All Stars over here. Wow. But one day, you know, we'll make that a Patreon goal for all of you. But mm. we're coming to you live, and this is the we're at the end of E3. Nice. Um, I'm feeling tired, but I feel good. Mm. I'm kind of curious, like, how do you all feel about you know this E3? You feel good? Feel tired? It was a long week. <laughs> yeah. A very, very long week. Yeah. As it always is. It was is. a good week, though. It was a very good week. Yes. yes. It yes. was a good yeah. week. A uh, long one. My feet are fried, but, you know, <sighs> for good reason. I'm, I'm happy that uh, the week went the way it did. Mm. I, I always love giving people a chance to, like, just vent, get it off their shoulders. <laughs> but let, let's dive into some, uh, let's start at the beginning of the week uh, with right. in terms of Nintendo. Let's start with the uh, their Nintendo Direct. And uh, we'll start with you, uh, Ash. I want to know what was the... What was your one biggest highlight to come out of the Direct? Well, it starts with a B, and it ends in Anjo. Because, <laughs> I mean, oh. that's it. Banjo, done. I, it, it's not even a question. I was bouncing up and down in my seat. Hmm. I have wanted this like so many other Nintendo fans forever. Like, like going on 20 years now. It's crazy. And right. it finally happened. Sakurai is a madman. <laughs> that He can make anything happen. And just seeing them, like, it was great, because we were in the media room, right, when, you know, obviously working on the direct, tagging video and stuff, and as Banjo happened, you could hear the whole media room start just erupting in little, <laughs> woo, shouts, like, yeah! yeah, and it was just such a great, that was one of the best Smash reveals, I think, of all time. Because it played back, it, it kind of played tribute to a previous reveal of King K. Rule yeah. with King DDD also it's trolling so with the silhouette. They did the same. <laughs> I was secretly kind of hoping for like master level troll where it was not Banjo. Like it, it wouldn't be Banjo drop down, be something else. I was like, oh, you monsters. If you did that, they, <laughs> you, you, they would never let you live it down. But also very excited, very ecstatic mm -hmm. to have Banjo in there. And that was this was rumored for so long. People going back and forth on whether or not this is happening. Right. And, you know, it's real now. We're going to live in a world with Banjo being back with Nintendo in, in Smash Brothers and that level. Oh, Spiral and that, Mountain and, it, and the Grant Kirkhope oh, rearrangement yes. of the Spiral Mountain theme. I want that same style done to Freeze Easy Peak. I mean, I, I can't like just go ask for things because it's not that easy, but yeah. I just the, the music we're going to get in that stage just excites me so much. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we saw the Golden Feather invincibility thing. We saw, you know, his, his sw swipe attack. We saw just so many great callbacks, and I love that it is an updated version of the N64 yes. models and not the nuts and bolts kind of weirdly, right. creepily realistic version. Yeah. So... It's just, that's the dream. And, and I have to give a shout out to Dragon Quest fans too. Of course, I think Banjo yes. did completely overshadow Hero and then the four different Dragon Quest heroes. But I am super happy for yeah. Dragon Quest fans. I think that was a cool reveal, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Starting with that, deflating us Banjo fans, and then going for the jugular at the end. That was my favorite moment, actually. Yeah. Dragon Quest oh, yeah? Fan. Yeah. Nice. I'm okay. a really big Dragon Quest fan. I've always been. I'm more fan of the Enix side than the Square side. So I played like all of those Dragon Quest games back to back to back. I played like nine, like five times at this point. <laughs> oh man! Um, but having like four different heroes there, and the, f the favorite one, the green hat one of four, is like so iconic to me. Um, and I love that one so flipping much. So seeing that one of the costumes, I just <laughs> went up my chairs like, oh my lord! Nice. I think it's important to note that uh, a lot, 
you know, I try to stay away from Twitter during E3 stuff because yeah. it's it's such a cynical cesspool of negativity. Right. Um, yeah, and, of course. But when it came to to the Dragon Quest review, I was actually very excited for all the Dragon Quest fans out there, and I think. Um, Shane from Did You Know Gaming tweeted something like, you know, whenever he was like, when everyone complains that no one cares about Dragon Quest, and he showed an infograph of how many copies were sold of Dragon Quest worldwide, and it's like, right. the game is, the franchise is massively popular. The fact that they're in Smash is a very good thing. The Japanese audiences were flipping out, I'm sure, when they saw that Dragon Quest was there, and then we got our moment to flip out, and we got Banjo. So I think in the end, like everyone, everyone won. You know, we we got Dragon Quest characters. We got Banjo Kazooie, you know, yeah. coming yeah. back home to Nintendo. Right. I think it's great. For me, it was a double flip out because when uh, the Dragon Quest character was rumored, I always had the feeling it's going to be Edric. It was going to be Edric. I was so fully, was saying, fully yeah. committed that as that. Yeah. But then it yeah. was. It started with the Dragon Quest Eleven protagonist. It's like, okay, okay, and I went to the costumes. Like, Edric is there, but my favorite is there too. I'm okay with this. Yeah. 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 I was, yeah, I was surprised they led, led with the Luminary there. I was like, oh, they're going for that. And then just dropping in more and more right. heroes. And the final Smash being like, all, I was like, oh, <laughs> It's like another okay. version of Mega Man's final yeah. Smash. Yeah, super Everyone's cool. Such a great way thing. to do yeah. that. Um, and I saw the command menu. And I'm like, so, so, yes. yeah. so cool. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And the, like the spell labels yes. that pop up on screen. Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Like there's a yeah. lot to get excited about that, you know. Um, I, I yeah I, I agree with you there though you know sometimes maybe in the moment people get a little upset or disappointed but I think when you step back and think about it later it's like was it really worth like getting that upset like you're you, and you're also getting banjo like it, it evens yeah. out like the, the, look at what Sakurai is giving you for crying out loud like <laughs> you know this, like this man everything. works video game miracles yeah. and nobody's ever well a lot of people will but Waluigi fans for example right. are never gonna give him oh, yeah. the credit he deserves that's I mean they and made East and West fan, fans at the same time happy in the same exactly yes. I actually retweeted yeah. a really uh a funny uh, picture that was uh, Thanos like balancing all things and it's yeah. Western is Banjo on one side and uh, and Hero on the other yeah. side like yeah. West and East it was great of course yeah um, Gerard what was your highlight from the direct well I mean t- I was gonna say Banjo obviously but okay. I think I, th- I, can, I can make it different there are multiple things yeah, I, well, honest, yeah. I honestly feel like this direct was designed for me because I Ooh. love No More Heroes mm, I nice. love uh, the Mana games and so yes. for me uh, getting Trials of Mana, mm-hmm. uh, getting the collection of Mana with uh, Second and Tattoo 3 being released first time ever <laughs> in the West. Like, I, I, I'm, my heart is out there with all of the translators over the years who have been dying for an official release. It's so cool. Like, I, I think I think in the end, like, the, the big theme I got from not just Nintendo, but really all of, of E3 was that JRPGs are in and people are loving them and I'm I'm very happy with that. I think yeah. you know, play, being able to play uh all these RPGs and instantly right away the direct was happening it was like you can get this you can get the collection right yep. now. It was just a really cool thing. I love those right. shadow drops. Right. And, yeah. and speaking of that, it's not directly, wasn't it, no, Nintendo's Direct, but Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. So we're going to get FF8 now on the Switch yeah. as well. Mm. And I, you actually mentioned my other highlight, which it was Collection of Mana and, yeah. and of course, mm. the Trials of Mana remake. I have had, I think we all have been wanting that since launch, mm-hmm. since Switch's launch, and, yeah. uh, and they got it in Japan at launch. And I can't believe they actually did it. They went and localized a 24-whatever-year-old game, <laughs> and they hmm. really went and did it. And it's so exciting. Ah, I'm, I was really, really pulling for that to happen, and it did. It's also exciting, too, because now the games won't be worth 
as much as they are in the retro market. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Those games are so yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's you know, I know it's not Nintendo, but like I hope that Genesis Mini leads to like a Saturn Mini as well because oh, like please. I want oh, like yeah, yeah the, these re- oh. I love these collections. I like these re-releases because as you said, like it helps out people who don't like these really hard to find and or extremely expensive to play through legitimate means games. Yeah, another chance at like a second life with like a new like new fans to discover them. It's always great to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would seriously pay good money for a Saturn Mini. They could charge oh. really almost what they wanted for it, and I'd buy it. <laughs> Saturn and Dreamcast are like my yeah. biggest blind spots, and just looking at Saturn specifically just, just, just looks so intimidating to try and get into that like financially, and just right. I'd love saying so to make it easier for someone like me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Don, what else was one like? What other was, was your big highlight from the direct besides uh, the Dragon Quest reveal? Oh, there was a bunch of stuff. Uh, I have to think about it for for a minute. Uh, hmm. Yeah, they had. Uh, I mean, I can go with mine. Um, right. I don't. I, we talked about it to death here at Easy Allies for the past few days. Right. Um, uh, we got booted by Bloodworth uh, because we were talking about it for almost an hour when we were supposed <laughs> to be talking about impressions of games we played, and we're like, I'm talking about the Breath of the Wild sequel teaser yes. at the mm. end. Um, I'm really uh, before E3, I was kind of mostly serious and trying to play it off as a joke in case I was wrong that yeah. they were going to reveal Breath of the Wild sequel because I was like it's the right time but I was actually shocked they did I was like they, they, they <laughs> did it the Mad Men they did it but it also at the same time it felt like it stole the show for me this, right. like as big as Banjo was as big as Dragon Coast was as big as Final, like Final Fantasy 8 Remastered coming to Switch and like the Mana Collection like all these big announcements No More Heroes 3 this just like eclipsed everything. I was like, "Wow!" Like now everyone's talking about that, and it even happened to us. But at the same time, it was so exciting to see the the possibilities and potential from just that little short teaser. Um, I'm done with my theorizing for now. I'm not getting any more <laughs> theorizing. You all are all welcome to theorize all you want on here, but I'm, I'm going to pass on that for now. But just the fact that it's a reality, it's happening. We know it's the same Link in Zelda. Like we're yeah. continuing the adventures of this character in this world. We got I got invested in in the original Breath of the Wild. I'm like so excited about that, and like just. Could not be happier about what we're gonna get in the coming, you know, year, maybe years. You know, I think it's coming sooner or later, but you know, we'll see. I I actually agree with you. I think it's further along than a lot of people might realize because mm. you know we're in a Final Fantasy X two situation here where they're reusing a lot of assets. Mm. They're reusing the world, so they don't have to create. They, they don't have to create any new assets, right? You know, if they do, it's it's to complement, not to implement. And I right. think that mm. have the engine established, it it. We, a lot of game companies take years to make games, not because they're designing the game, but because they have to build the engine that then lets them create the game. And so, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing that companies do this in making sequels and or licensing out uh, their engine in the case of uh, you know Death Stranding. So I think it's the kind of thing where this is a good thing that they're yes. doing this. Yeah, definitely agree. And I'm just super like I love the really shockingly dark macabre feel of that, of that trailer where, where where I think it's Ganondorf's neck kind of snaps and. And kind of does that weird side twitch thing. That's creepy. And I am just so excited that we're getting this. And uh, I, I I couldn't be happier. The whole section with, like, Gendor's body is, like, creepy in general. But I so much love it. It's so good. Yeah. yeah it, it, as I said, uh, yeah. Anuma said in one of the interviews that, like, it's going to be darker than Breath of the Wild. Like, it's, it's going to have a darker right. vibe to it. Um, I saw clarify. I think people are confusing it. 
and conflating it with like Majora's Mask because mm. they thought they were right. saying it was darker than Majora's Mask, where it's like, no, it's not going to be Majora's Mask. Right. And again, I, I'll, I'm saying this again because I think some people need to check their expectations when it comes to continuity and connections and stuff. Like I see all crazy things like it's gonna, Minda's going to come back. It's going to be the Twilight. Like, oh. the, the Twilight come back. There was a reason they did Breath of the Wild the way they did with its backstory, putting it ten thousand years after everything. The reason they won't they like won't put it in all a right. timeline. This game in this sequel are meant to be a new mythology. They're, it's meant to start a new mythos, right. and it's not going to be embracing the past or anything like this. And I can't wait to see what they do with maybe a potential new story for like if it you know Ganondorf. Like, are they going to do a new retelling like his Gerudo form, his human form? Like, are we right. get a new like origin for that? Like, the possibilities there have me really excited for them to do, finally do something new and original and not be beholden to all this like convoluted stuff that's like been around for 30 plus years. I will say, I actually find the Zelda timeline fun as ridiculous as it's gotten. So I, I like to, to nurse my my fantasy that Breath of the Wild is still at the end of the child timeline. But I agree with you. None of that's going to matter. D- don't go into it thinking like, I, I remember I set myself up for disappointment thinking that the Link in Breath of the Wild was <laughs> Ocarina of Time Link after he lost to Ganondorf. And, you know, and so that, that was going to be so cool. And, you know, and then, of course, you know, that didn't happen. And in my opinion, I think what my, actually my favorite thing about the Breath of the Wild 2 teaser might be that what I hope I got from it was that it's going to be a bit more of a story-focused game. Just because yes. I love Breath of the Wild to death, but I'm just going to say it. Its story was hot garbage. There was no narrative. Was, there was none, yeah. The, the narrative was explore this world. Yeah, and, and all the cool stuff happened 100 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that was, the, yeah. the real dungeon was that open world, right? Like, exploring that world was, like, the real challenge in that game. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, um, yeah. I'd like because I'm so invested in those characters. I do, like, I do hope they go and develop like a richer story this mm. time. At least something that is meant to be like you're. It's not taking place in the past mostly, and you're not mm. piecing it together as you go forward. Something that is taking place in the present. I want like I, I would like you know characters to be maybe other characters, but beyond that, um, I'm kind of. People, okay, I'm breaking my rule. I'm doing a speculation here. That's why I was hesitating right there. <laughs> oh, Who's one, nice. Give me one indulgence. Give me right. one indulgence. Fine. Hey, this uh, is your show, man. Dungeon, right. Dungeons. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling chats in the audience because sure. they're, they're going to rake me for this. Dungeons. Mm. Um, one of the things that Breath of the Wild did not have was a more traditional like atmospheric themed dungeon. The Divine Beasts were the closest you got. Mm-hmm. I would argue they were kind of amalgamations of the different individual shrines constructed into like a larger component. Like a lot of I it agree. felt familiar, sure. but they did tie it around like a very light theme and like a light core mechanic, but it was nowhere on par with anything I'd seen in any of the previous 3D Zeldas. No. And there's that one shot of going to like that, like it looked like an old school like dungeon entrance in Zelda. And like that, the mood that it conveyed to me felt like more powerful than anything I saw in Breath of the Wild. And that's one thing I want. Do you think there's any chance we might get, you know, a semblance of going back to more traditional dungeons, especially since it's, they said it's going to be the same Hyrule? You know, or, or like what do they what do they do for that at that point? I, I think we are going to get themed like like mm-hmm. specific dedicated dungeons because that same scene you're talking about reminded me so much of Zelda One's external dungeon with a face and the like that reminded me that you're walking down into a labyrinth with a, like a face design for a mouth and like that reminded mm-hmm. me of that so I think it might happen and of course we see Hyrule Castle rising from the ground right so mm-hmm. it goes to follow that maybe these you know these ancient dungeons that were there all along maybe rising from the ground all around Hyrule ah. giving you reason to go back and now there's new stuff and now there's a dungeon and 
I, that would be I, I love uh, same thing I loved about Link Between Worlds I love the idea of revisiting the same game world like a hundred years in the future because mm. it's familiar but you don't know what you're going to find because a hundred years sure. have passed yeah. so I love that idea in Breath of the Wild 2 that we're going to find we have this whole world but we're going to find all new stuff the dreaded jinx breath no go ahead no I have no well uh I think I think there, there we have no choice but to have dungeons now because okay. the divine beasts are gone. Right. Uh, I I don't think we're going to benefit by putting in another eighteen hundred Korok seeds or shrines. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah. talk about that, Jerome. No, yeah, that, has, that has a do. I don't think <laughs> we're going to be doing those. that again. Are we in Numasan? Right. Please don't. Um, <laughs> but I, I I think the option at this point is to traverse to new areas, to new territory. And and I think you know obviously we all got the Twilight Princess Majora's Mask vibe coming out of this. Uh, if there's a say of that, then I think that we're gonna we're gonna kind of go back to. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is again speculating, but dumb throwing it out there, right? Right. That we're kind of dealing with a Shadow Realm kind of Shadow Universe type thing. Like it's not gonna be called Breath of the Wild, but like wouldn't be surprised if it's called like Shadows of the Past or something like that, right? Just something where it's. Obviously, there's a darker tone here yeah. where I don't, I don't want to say strands because that's what Hideo Kojima would be all about. But there's definitely this weird oh, contorting, this, this weird contorting yeah. twilight connectiveness that you know, this is evil rooting kind of brooding situation happening with, with what we got from the teaser. And I think, you know, with this island rising, uh, you know, we have to go into dungeons. We have to do something because I don't think we're going to find anything in the another 300 shrines or whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, before we move on to the next question, was there any other highlights from the direct, Don, that you thought of yet? Or did you... Animal Crossing New Horizons. There you go. Yeah. So I spent way too much time playing New Leaf, first on the Japanese version and the Western version. Um, and I still kind of do every few days to check in and see how everything is going in my town. <laughs> everything is okay. <laughs> I just have the beauty one on, so it may, just make sure that everybody in the village is okay. Uh, just pick up the random stuff and then move on <laughs> with the rest of my day. Um, but um, New Horizons, it presents like the next step because New Leaf was such an interesting development with how the mayor is concerned, but this feels like something like always completely foreign to me. Like building up your own island, crafting your own materials, not buying them from Nook anymore. It feels like a complete different step from what Animal Crossing used to be. And I think that's such an important thing to take because I think that New Leaf was the culmination of everything they did with the original formula and there was nowhere anywhere place to go with the current one. Hmm. Uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm curious about your take and the rest of the panel's take on uh, the delay. Originally planned for 2019, and they announced that it's going to be coming out uh, next year. Yeah, um, and they kind of interviewed. I talked about like the concept, of, like you know, we avoiding crunch essentially, which has become kind of like a little bit of a hot topic in the industry it in the is. past few months. And we saw that Nintendo's shares actually took a dip. People speculating on the announcement that Animal Crossing got delayed. Mm. Uh, does that actually? I mean, does it bother you that it's being delayed? I mean, do you, how, how do you feel about their explanation for that? Initially, no. But when I got the explanation, I totally got it. It's it's totally understandable. Nintendo is an unconventional company. They can do whatever they want, and I think um, keeping the health of their employees in mind is an important step to take. I completely agree. I you know I, I can say this a little more easily because I'm not a hardcore Animal Crossing fan. I like it and I appreciate it, but it's just not like I'm not waiting for it day after day. 
but the the correct decision is always to let a game yeah. make for as long as it needs to for it to be ready and to give your employees the quality of life, you know, work-life balance they deserve. So, in my opinion, there's never any reason to push a game out before it's ready in terms of the game itself and the people working on it. So I think it's fine. Japanese culture tends to be rooted in working until you can't work anymore, <laughs> right? The salaryman lifestyle. Right, you know, right. You, yeah. you wake up early, you take your commute to work, you work 8, 9, 10 <clears throat> hours, you don't have personal time, you go get drinks, you go get food, you go to a... APA hotel, whatever it is, and then you sleep, and then you get up and you go back to work without taking a shower, right? It's like that's what the Japanese culture trend's been for quite some time. And as a country, they're trying to implement ways to encourage Japanese men and women to go out and have fun because they're not reproducing as much as they used to because they're focused on success and work. And the fact that Nintendo um, is taking a stand and saying, hey, like we're going to take the time for our people to to do a good job, sure. I think is important. And I, I, think, I think that... Uh, People, people selling their stocks in response to Nintendo. Right. Um, I, I feel are people who don't understand the games industry and maybe just have stockbrokers yeah. working on their behalf. Right. Because if yeah. anything, if you're a Nintendo fan, you should be purchasing stocks because it shows that you're supporting Nintendo's decision yeah. to ultimately right. delay this game. And something that, we, that people don't really think about when it comes to running a business is that there are quarters that companies have to hit every single year. If for the for the for the simple fact of if Nintendo goes, we're gonna put Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart, and Smash Brothers all in Q4 of a year, that's bad for them because they put all of their bullets in one quarter. No one's gonna spend all that money. But yeah, if they put them in totally. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and they're advertising them properly, and people are spending the money then you're going to see people are going to be more hyped for other titles. They're going to have more money. They're going to save more money. They're going to want to invest more into it. So I think it's smart they're taking the time. Let it come out in Q1 because what's coming out next year in Q1 for Nintendo? At this point, nothing. We don't know what's coming out in Q1. So beginning of next year after the New Year ball drops... Right. Everyone's ready for Animal Crossing. And also, I want to add to that that Nintendo shares are always in flux. Like, I, if I remember correctly, I was talking to analysts at E3. Like, one fourth of the entire Tokyo Stock Exchange is Nintendo shares. So, being sold and bought and going back and forth on that. So, it's not a wonder that many people <laughs> sold their sh stocks because this is not the company I want to have. But at the same time, Nintendo will do okay. They're not a company in debt. They'll be, they'll be fine without those people, and those people will come back eventually anyway. Well, I think it's also about messaging, right? Like, yeah. Do you guys remember when Pokemon Go came out? Yeah. Of Pokemon Go came out, Nintendo stock soared. Great for Nintendo, except one thing: it was Nintendo's fault yeah, that the game came out. Yeah. Like right. they had they had nothing to do with it <laughs> other than they own a large portion of the Pokemon company. And their name was attached to it. Right. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing else came exactly. of it, and that's because the the people who have no idea they just go, "Oh, Pokemon, Nintendo. Of course, I'm going to buy Nintendo stock." So it's the kind of thing where you have a lot of misinformed people who yeah. do just they're playing it safe. They're playing it oddly weird. And I think when it comes to Animal Crossing, like I said, if you're a Nintendo fan and you're and you're into the stock markets, like now's the time to support Nintendo. Buy stock. Show them that you care because. They're trying to support their their culture and their company for the future. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Here, like, yeah, definitely be supporting a company like Nintendo that's trying to you know buck the trend, like trying mm. to 
improve quality of life for their employees. I think it just leads to everyone being happier, both employees and consumers, because right. you get a ultimately, hopefully, a better game in the end because they spend more time on it. People aren't, you know, being worked to death. Mm-hmm, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a I forget the term. There's literally a term for that in in Japanese for for Japanese culture. I was like, oh crap! Like that's that's insane that you even have something for right. that. That that's a little messed up. Especially with a creative game like Animal Crossing, having a creative escape in the development process, it sounds to me like a very important thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these and employees will feel better about working there. I feel like they'll be like, in, like very invigorated. Like, they'll, like It affects even future projects down the line. It's a place Absolutely. you're happy and yeah. proud to work at, and it leads us to better games overall in general. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Nintendo made that decision. And I also agree with what you said, Gerard. Like, it's probably just uninformed people who are having, like, by proxy or doing all this trading and stuff. And they, they just mm. don't they're, – they're ignorant for it. It's just right. – yeah, yeah. And it's some, like, you know, broker they're, trying to do what's best to make their the, client the most same, money. They're the, you know, same people that, they're the same yeah. people that watch the Ubisoft conference and go, I'm, I'm investing because they have that Tom Clancy mobile game, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's those same people who are like, oh, mobile? Absolutely I'm yeah. buying stock exactly. in this company. It's It's – it's the same people. Yeah. It's really what it is. You, you can't go in thinking that yeah, they're, totally. they're thinking of this from the same perspective that, that gaming enthusiasts are, because they're not. It's a completely different thing. And that's what kind of bringing us all back to, to, together is that it is so important to be able to not just be an armchair gaming critic, but to understand the business side of things and why things happen the way they do. And that mm. it is not just about you know giving us what we want when we want it and lazy developers and all that nonsense. You know These are businesses, and they do the things they do for a reason. I think a lot of people also let the company or the public opinion sway their feelings, right? Like, I think that, um, <laughs> I'm sure, like, stockbrokers aren't sitting on Twitter being like, let's do what the people think. Like, they're not, that's not <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah. they definitely wait. They definitely wait to see what Variety and, and Vox and IGN are posting about Nintendo's delays. They're seeing the news and they're going, this affects my investment. Now I'm going to... Pivot, and while it doesn't affect us as consumers, no. we don't care. We're still going to pick up Animal Crossing or Mario Maker or whatever it is. Um, it does affect Nintendo's bottom line in some capacity. Not in the grand scheme of things. They're still a company without without any sense of debt. Well, sure, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, they're, they're a hundred year old companies. So yeah. they their legacy is obviously bigger than any of us will ever imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah definitely. Um, I want to move on from like announcements in the news to like actual tangible games that were at the show. Of course. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll go in reverse time. So for for you, Don, I want to know your hands on. What was like like your highlight in terms of, like hands on? What was like probably the best thing you got to play uh, from Nintendo at E3? Uh, I would say Luigi's Mansion Three. Yes. Why is that? Um, I love Luigi's new moves. Like the yeah. slam ability is so much fun yes. to use. Like I um, went back was ready to press the A button and then pressed four times in a row and got the ghost there and it felt so fantastic to nail that down. It's so good. It's a really satisfying move. It, it, it makes Luigi look really cool in a way that he doesn't often get to. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's just so satisfying to slam yeah. them over and over again, especially when you slam ghosts into other ghosts. Yes, and love that. And yes. everything about it. I mean, <clears throat> I do find his new burst move funny because I'm like, Luigi, have you forgotten that you can just jump? <laughs> yeah. Not only can you jump, you can jump better than your brother. So oh it's like... too heavy? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. But, mm, uh, maybe. But I just love... I, Gooigi is great. Gooigi is great. Yeah. Yes. What a co- it, it's weird because oh. he's supposed to be an ally and he helps you and that's that's awesome and I love him but I I wouldn't turn my back to him. Nuh uh. No. Ooh, Never. Maybe there's a twist. Know. Yeah. I know. Fully he's creepy. Gelatin man. No way. I'm no. Out. He's. I do like that he has a G on his hat though. 
Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool touch. What does that make him compared to Mario? Is he Mario's ghost brother? Goo brother. Goo brother. Goo brothers. <laughs> right. Goo brother. Gelatin Goo brothers. brother. Yeah. Oh, man. It, what a, yeah, they, they are really taking... Uh, it, it's clear they've really taken their time with Luigi's Mansion 3 mm. to bring some new things to the table. The game has no business looking as good as it does. It looks nice. Why does it look so good? The variety (laughs) and the designs of the different rooms. Just moving from next room to next room. Uh, uh, that is exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how creative they would get with the room designs, like someone feel samey. And even this short demo, they, they conveyed that so well. And, and everything in the trailer, too, like, just looked fantastic. The medieval rooms look really well-themed, yeah. Really nicely done. Especially the boss. The boss arena is yeah. great. I love the the opening cutscene too. The oh. opening cutscene was so cute. <laughs> they all and getting out. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw, I caught part of it because they they started me in it and they cut it off. So I saw them arriving and getting out, and I didn't see anything past oh, okay. that point, unfortunately. Oh, okay, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, no, fortunately, we were able to capture the whole opening. So oh, of yeah, course, we you're that. Nice. Yeah, you right. everything. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. But it's just really it's it's really cute. They're all you know, it's Mario, Peach, Luigi, and a couple of Toads going on vacation. Okay. Uh, and and but as we, I can't remember who it was, but one of the Game Explain team was. Talking Talking about how you know why do they ever go on vacation anymore? Because every single time yeah. they do, <laughs> something <laughs> disaster, terrible absolutely. happens. Eventually, we're gonna yeah. get a game called Mario's Vacation, and it is just they get to do fun stuff on vacation. Yeah, they yeah, did. It's, it's called Mario Party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> stressful for us. But yeah, 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 right, yeah. right. <laughs> They're having a party. We're freaking out. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Man. Oh man. Um, yeah, that boss battle though. Uh, like it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. The whole thing about like stand your ground and stuff. I initially I thought you were supposed to like suck up the arrows being shot at you to fire back. I thought so too. And mm-hmm. to stun them, mm-hmm. and then you would do it. And then they were like, "Oh, well, why don't you try standing your ground?" Like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Flash the thing. Still, it still was simplistic, but it looked so cool and it felt good. Especially this giant knight slamming that around, watching the pieces break yeah. off. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Like I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I, the first time I tried to attack the boss, I used the light, but then it reflected from the shield. It's like, okay, wait, so I have to wait till the shield moves out of the way. Then I did uh, plunger, throw the shield away, and then slam a few times, and then suck him up. I but will say I thought the first half of the battle was stronger than the second. Yeah. Once you get the armor off and yeah. he does that little spin move mm, and just and yeah. leaves himself open, it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of repeat three times. You know, it's just it's, yeah. it became very mechanically simple. But the mm-hmm. first half was really cool. And I, I hope to see more yeah. bosses like the first half of that boss. They just get crazier yeah. and, and make you maybe combine the environmental stuff with the plunger move. And yeah, oh, For sure, yeah. Good point. So, yeah, the plunger move, I really like that. Uh, I liked how it was utilized in the demo. The, uh, the kind of like the barrel uh, room, uh, like maybe a brewery or something, where there was like, you could peek, peer through a gap and see in uh, a stair, kind uh, of the ladder, sorry, that went up to a, a bonus item. And you're like, oh, how do you do that? And then, like, you could shoot the plunger against one of those things and rip off like the the face of the barrel. It's like, oh my gosh, there are gonna be so many things I'm gonna be able to do this, and just the the amount of interaction you're gonna have in each room. Like that's what I loved about. So I didn't play a lot. I barely played any of the original Luigi's Mansion for GameCube, but I played the heck out of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and loved that game. And that, like that sold me and made me hyped for any future ones. And just the, the amount of stuff you can do in any one room, and that the fact is going to translate into this new Luigi's Mansion 3, I'm, I love exploration in this game. And like I love atmosphere, and this thing was just nailing both of those in that short demo. I recently uh, completed Luigi's Mansion for 3DS entirely, yes. and it was such a pain in the butt to do that when I picked up <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3, I was like, this is heaven. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the massive... 
you know, flashlight blast, the swinging them down, like it, the fact that it's easy to suck in the ghosts. Like mm. it, it's this is a franchise that's getting better because they're thinking about it more and more as they Absolutely. improve it each time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, actually, I'm curious, Damiani. How do you feel about since you uh, didn't play the original and you really love Dark Moon? How do you feel about what seems to be them pulling away from the mission-based structure? Of Dark Moon and going back to the originals so, more open. Okay, so uh, I would personally, I, I'm more in favor of them going for. I wanted like a, a singular environment yeah. that was like more expansive, and you explore parts of it. Yeah, and I mean it's a vertical tower now. I thought it was gonna be like spread out over like a large grounds essentially, but yeah, we're going vertical. Okay, that you know, it's Nintendo. I trust you. You can do like really good with this. Um, yeah, I was. It was kind of cool to see the different mansions in uh, Dark mm. Moon, but I kind of. Yeah, like it was a mission. Like, oh, you're complete. Move on. I was like, uh, no, I want this. Like, I want this singular exp- environment experience where it's. I, I don't want to like not Metroidvania, but like that. It is a little bit more open in that uh, uh, there's places I'll see that I can't get to. I'm gonna go to there later. I'm gonna like backtracking, like st- like elements of that. And it seemed like the first game. That's what it did. And yeah. this is like this mm-hmm. that like amplified and, and doing more of that and that's exactly what I wanted to see. The vibe I got was that it was kind of like we were hunting it was like the Ghostbusters of Luigi's Mansion to the best degree, right? Like in the original Ghostbusters, like when the boys hunt Slimer for the first time, right? Like <laughs> it was a mission for them to hunt Slimer. And so they mm-hmm. went you know through the hotel. And that's the vibe I got with Luigi's Mansion where it's like there's one important ghost we have to hunt down. Everyone else is just collateral. Yeah. And so I yes. like okay. that idea of like we're going on a hunt for this one big epic ghost as opposed to before. There's portrait ghosts everywhere, there's the mission levels. So it feels like there's they're trying more to go for like the, the big bad ghost in the in the floor, if you will, or in, in that sector of the hotel, um, as opposed to like hunting everything down. Yeah. Right? I'm not sure if they talked about this in the treehouse. Partial. I've seen almost nothing of the trios, unfortunately. So if this uh, has been said, here. Speak, yeah, yeah, speak, speak up anybody. But um, I kind of imagine it when we're talking. Sorry, just talking about like the the mission base. I still think that essence is going to be there a little bit to an extent because as you like have to like, go up higher into the tower, that's going to be it. You, mm-hmm. like, sure. it's, it's going to be self contained. But I'm hoping there'll be an element of going back down. Like things change below, and, mm. and, and like things you do above affect the rest of the the tower, so that there is. Of this like sense of like not just progression but like an ever changing environment. Um, I, I like I really hope it does that, but yeah. I mean, I don't know if they said anything about that. So I have. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's like basically we. Have, I always feel bad for Derek. There's always a hashtag free Derek because we he's the one who usually stays in the media room monitoring Treehouse, <laughs> monitoring all the stuff that gets announced after the direct while we're all on the show floor getting footage and playing games. So shout out to Derek for once again doing that. Um, so he would be the one to know all about every single Treehouse Live little thing they talked about. And the, the only thing I've seen online about Luigi's Mansion Free all week is an interview asking if uh, Guigi was edible. No. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what did they yeah, say? Yeah, this, it's, 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 it would taste like gummies. Like gummies? Okay. okay. I mean, yeah. I guess if Luigi needs a snack, yeah, so will there, will there be an idle animation <laughs> now where Luigi's like, let's like, Mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, just like eating it and stuff. You know, speaking no. of Guigi, one of the things I really uh, liked that I saw from the trailer, uh, the E3 direct trailer, was the environmental puzzles they're building with water. Because Guigi yeah. right. dissolves in water, and that's basically an instant game over. Mm. So, you know, there's that one, I think it's like a shower or a bathroom or something where there's like a puddle of water going across, and he can't cross that, of course, but Luigi can. It's the, the inverse of like spikes where Guigi can go through. And I love that kind of puzzle element that there are these environmental puzzles where you have to really think your way around these obstacles. It's really cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm excited. And I'm not even like a hardcore Luigi's Mansion fan. I like it, but I'm not like, oh my god, Luigi's Mansion 3. But then I played it, and I'm like, I'm excited for this now. Yeah. I'll be honest, I too, I played more of the multiplayer mode than the game multiple times. Yeah. Because I went through the game like two times, I think. One to complete all missions. The second time to perfect them. And then for the year, every weekend, I played every Saturday the the Scarescraper mode, which is now coming back in free. Yeah. So I'm right. excited for that. So that's pretty cool. Right, which apparently is eight players. Yeah, like, yeah so eight, eight players, players now. Four Guigis. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ooh, which is cool. Pretty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting more, getting there online, I'm a little bit more involved there. You know, giving people something to do. That's pretty cool. Um, Gerard, what was the, what did you get hands on this week with Nintendo stuff that you found particularly impressive or you know, a highlight for you? Um, I, I mean, I, I, aside from the big ones that were the show floor. Uh, I really, I didn't get to play it, but I wanted to, I really was like watching it like a hawk, um, was Silk Song. Ooh, I yes. wanted Ooh. to. Okay. I'm Look, Team boat. Cherry, I, I love you guys. Thank you so much for <laughs> Hollow Knight. I will follow you to the ends of the earth for Silk Song. That game looks so good. Mm-hmm. I, I sat in line for about an hour to play it, and I, I had to leave to another appointment. Oh, I was man. about to play it, but, uh, um... The game looks great. It 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 looks and breathes just like Hollow Knight, and I'm so excited to revisit that world. I'm so excited for the the uncomfortable but yes beautiful you know essence that is Hollow Knight. Wow, oh, yeah, it yeah, looked ran, really really great. It yeah. really looked beautiful. Yeah. I ran into the same situation as you. Uh, ben Moore uh, got to play it. Uh, was mm. describing this stuff, and it sounded like fantastic. What he got to play. But uh, I waited in line the first day to just get in there to play Link's Awakening. I saw Silk Song was there as well. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I, I wanted to play Link's Awakening. I only had so much time, and it was one or the other, and I went with Link's Awakening. Yeah. But I also had a, a regular appointment with Nintendo for media, and I was like, oh, this stuff's all going to be up there. Go to my appointment, it's not there. And I'm yeah, like, that was that was me too. What? Yeah. I, I was hoping that they were going to have Hollow Knight there, <laughs> yes, and they didn't. There, they didn't. But they had everything else but Hollow Knight for the yes. media area. Right. It's kind of unfortunate because right. oh. that was the game that I wanted to play the most. That right. was my biggest regret is not being able to get hands-on with that. But yeah. they say coming soon, and I'm hoping it is really soon. Like, I can't wait to play that. Like, I was a little bit skeptical on Hollow Knight, but once – and I didn't play it on PC. Once it came to Switch, made me a believer. I was com- proven completely wrong and had such a blast with that game, and I can't wait to s- – can't wait to play Silk Song. I think it's fascinating how in in previous E3s, Nintendo's been really adamant about incorporating their titles that are about to release or they're like releasing that week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cadence of Hyrule got announced in the direct, and it was only a couple of days, and then we had it. And you know, Mario Maker Two comes out in two weeks, wasn't on the show floor, so they were really trying to emphasize the what's coming up for Nintendo and not what's already here, which. For better or for worse, I I think they should have had Cadence of Hyrule on the floor. I think they hmm. should have had Mario Maker Two on the floor. I agree. I, I yeah. think I think, especially because those games hmm. got a lot of of support in these past the past two quarters. Everyone's been wanting to see more Mario Maker stuff. That we we did get the direct a couple of months ago, but or a couple of weeks ago rather. But there's still so many questions about Mario Maker 2 that we that we have, you know. Every, we don't know there's another mode that might that we're waiting for. Obviously, everyone's speculating there's an empty spot for another type of Mario. Right. We would have I would have loved to have seen that in the direct. Would have yeah. loved to have seen uh more functions that were we weren't shown off. Um when I was at the Invitational, they only let us play the game for about 3 minutes oh, before wow. we wow. we we didn't get to play any of the levels. 
we didn't get to play anything. We had to make a level. They let us make a Mario Maker level, and we didn't get to do that much. And it was mostly just to show us the functions in the game. But I feel like there's a lot we didn't. We still don't know about Mario Maker Two. We got overviews, sure, but you know, I feel like the first time around with Mario Maker One, we got a pretty in-depth look. And then at E3, it was playable, and everyone had a great time with it and got to really yeah. sink their teeth in it. So I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that there was a lot a lot less emphasis on the stuff that's almost coming and a lot right. more on the stuff that's down the line. Right. At and that point, I was surprised that, like, Fire Emblem Astral Chain weren't there. Uh, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. I'm surprised that Astral Chain wasn't there. Yeah, the, the right. game make, lends itself to probably a really good, easy, simple, short demo yeah. to convey that. Um Fire yeah. Emblem, I was a little less surprised it wasn't there. Right. More intensive RPGs are harder to do. They don't demo well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it's hard to nail Here, them. Here's the yeah. here's a battle. Okay. Right. 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 Like yeah. here's yeah. here's yeah. a. Oh, well, yeah, what yeah, else yeah, can you yeah, do? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's I, like I mean, <laughs> the only trailer they showed during the direct was like the story trailer, which they haven't done much story stuff before this point, so they kind of right. had to. Well, and kind of yeah. speaking to that point too, like any, other than Yamper, which is the greatest thing to ever ha- happen to Pokemon, in my <laughs> opinion, there almost wasn't a point in having so much of the floor devoted yeah. to yeah. Shield because it was yeah. such a thin vertical slice with all level fifty Pokemon. It doesn't right. really give you that much of a sense. It doesn't give you. They no should have demoed the wild area. Yeah. Like, just drop you into a small portion of the wild area and yeah. let you just... Because that's what that game's draw is. You have no sense of difficulty because of that demo. You right. have no idea. Right. Oh, yeah. But we did yeah. get Dynamax the Emperor, which... Yeah, that's you know, the greatest Pretty thing much... Ever. Yeah, that's the greatest thing. The top. For yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised they didn't do, the uh, like, a max raid battle at the very least. Like, letting you play with yeah. three other people. I thought that was, like, the perfect. Four people at a station, moving it much faster. I definitely understand, like, we had this whole conversation. We went through this argument. It actually was an argument about what they should have shown there that would have been better. And uh, a lot of people chimed in saying, like, yeah, the wild area. But at the same time, um, I don't. I ultimately don't know how it's going to feel playing it. I think that might be a more involved process. Like, I, I argued that essentially I felt like, I think it was Kyle tried to compare it to Breath of the Wild's demo. I was like, well, Breath of the Wild had more immediacy to it, I feel like. There was more to do in each moment to moment, which and made it a better game right. to demo. Plus, like, we were really, like, like this game, like, so radically different. We needed to see this. Where I think Wild Area is mostly like we know what it is, and I, I feel like it's just going the act of going out there and like experiencing the weather and catching a Pokemon in that. It would I feel like you'd rather spend your own time, like take an hour to do a deep dive in it when you get the game, and like how do you do that in a ten minute demo? Like is that right. really going to work out and make and like convince you it's the best thing? Mm. Like I'm worried it'd come off as like oh that was kind of boring, you know, or and like how do you show the depth of that in that short of a time? Well, I mean we can take that and compare it to the Pokemon Let's Go demo. Oh yeah, I remember before. that. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, Pokemon Let's Go had a lot more depth to it than everyone realized. Right, mm. we got there, we tested it out. Oh, we can catch Pokemon. We can. Yeah. We can kind of battle with other trainers, and it felt very specific and methodical about how they planned it. Even though it was the starting area, we all knew very well. We got a pretty good grasp and idea of the scope of what Pokemon Let's Go and Eevee could, or Pikachu and Eevee could be. And I think what we kind of got with the demo at, at E3 for this was, yeah, here's the gym battles that you've all been experiencing for the past 15 years in the Pokemon <laughs> franchise. Exactly. Mm. What what new is in this? Dynamaxing? Great, but it's that, basically yeah. just this generation Z moves or right yeah, evolutions. Or, or, yeah. yeah, it was Dynamaxing and two new Pokemon. That's about it that yeah. you saw new. Although I will say we did yeah. get the you know we get did get Nessa revealed and her design's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Like she's yeah. one of my favorite sure. trainers, gym trainers so far or leaders so far. I think it it just felt 
it felt like a disjointed demo because of the Nintendo Direct we got a couple of days before. Agreed. And that Direct was way more in-depth to the features that we were getting a uh-huh. bigger scope of what was going on. And the big unveiling of it was there'll be more at the Nintendo Direct that's going to take place at E3. That came, and we got no new really that much information, and the demo was probably even less enticing because of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, in retrospect, now in hindsight, I think everything Pokemon Sword and Shield should have been kept to Treehouse, honestly. Yes, and they could have used that space for like even like maybe even Fire Emblem. At least Fire Emblem, they could have like made you at least play a battle or something. They could have. That totally. like it's like we've yeah. seen it, but it's again, it's a console Fire Emblem. Like how and they got new mechanics and new like tactics involved in it. That's something worth showing off. The I last, feel the last console one was on Wii. Yeah, it's a long time mm-hmm. ago. Right, Radiant Dawn. Yeah. It's part two of my favorite two Fire Emblem games. There, Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, maybe. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, but anything like Astral Chain could have used that space, or of course. or two yeah. things like Mario Maker Two and Astral Chain could have taken up that space. Like, th- yeah, Astral I, Chain's looking really promising. Yeah, like, I didn't get to see any of it because I didn't see any direct. Also, right, other, right, outside it's, of the, sorry, the Treehouse outside of the direct. Also, yeah. Bayonetta Three was announced two years ago. And we haven't seen anything. Didn't they give an update saying it's like they said its development's still going well? They did. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I can think of, Gerard, is that with Astral Chain being a project that's like it's on the horizon, be up the time. they they like yeah. also let's keep the focus on this. Yeah. The more we start talking about Bayonetta now, the it takes off focus of Astral Chain. That's a new IP. We need this. Let's give it the best chance it can do to succeed. Once that's out, it's out there. We can then shift our focus to start the marketing, like the marketing gears for for Bayonetta three. Sure, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like uh, if they're uh, game awards, maybe they'll show up there or something like that this year. It, it just seems a little disjointed. Just to be like, it, it, it's the Metroid Prime four thing all yes. over again, right? Like, yes. Yes. you know, you're gonna show true. show the screen, and then it's like, great, nothing else. And then obviously we got the update earlier this year saying that they're basically starting over with. With retro uh, retro studios taking back over, which is fine again about delays, but um, I I personally am not the the I'm not looking forward to Astral Chain that much. I'm not like I'm, I love Platinum Games, but I just understand. You know. I, I I think personally, I probably would have preferred a Bayonetta three uh, thing as opposed to Astral Chain. But then again, I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's you What's so interesting about that is that I agree with you, actually. I When we first saw Astral Chain, I'm like, oh, you know, I love Platinum, but eh, I don't know, because I think I initially wrote it off as like a Damon X Machina type. That was actually, <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. Oh, and okay. I, I'm definitely one of the guys that saw Damon X Machina was like, well, this isn't just, a, I'm not for it. This is not for me. Mm, I don't right. know who this game is for, but like, great, I'm glad it exists. It's just not for me. Right. When I saw Astral Train, it was the exact same feeling. Like, cool. Again, yeah. not for me. Well, that's how I felt initially. But then I saw the trailer for this E3, and yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, this game deserves some attention on it, because yeah. this is not Damon X Machina. This is something way, presumably way better. I think it actually looked really promising in this. Uh, it also looked like proper Tower and Kamiya nonsense. Uh-huh. Like those two can do no wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it looked over the top and ridiculous. And it's just, after seeing a, uh, getting a better idea of what this game's going to be all about, I'm actually a little more excited about it. Yeah. yeah. The uh, If you're talking about the direct video, yeah, like that that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, someone said there was gameplay shown off, like raw gameplay shown off during the, the Treehouse. I think that I, wish, that I yeah. really wish I could have seen by now. Um, because it did look better at there. But I also, I also just, I empathize with you, Gerard. Like, yeah. deep down... I like. I want Bayonetta three more. Sure. I want to. Sure. I want to see that. Um, but like, yeah, I, I can see their need to balance like being responsible to multiple projects. There, they yeah, right. they have to give them like their due diligence. Well, and maybe maybe I'm crazy for saying this, but I I think 
when Nintendo starts working closely with second and third party developers like Sega or, um, you know, like Platinum, right. uh, when they enter these relationships, I think the thing that tends to get oversaw is that there's a promise of what to deliver on. So they're gonna, you're gonna produce this game exclusively for our console, which means that they have to design the game exclusively with the console's boundaries in mind. So mm-hmm. to me, Astral Chain would look incredible on the PC or the PS4, but because it's being designed for the Nintendo Switch, which is obviously the the least powerful of them all um, currently, or at least as powerful, um, I feel like it would have the game is kind of at a disadvantage because of it. And I, I don't say that a lot about a lot of Nintendo titles because most of them are designed pretty well in mind. But um, there's something about about Sega and Platinum games when they're working with Nintendo that their their games tend to have some of the more errors and and problems that other developers don't run into because they're they're proprietary creating for the Switch, and so it kind of puts a little confined mm, box mm. around them and it gives them their own puzzle that they have to kind of solve. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is also like going back even further, like uh, Anarchy Reigns, uh, Mad World, like, right? Uh, Mad World is a Wii exclusive that mm-hmm. like right. oh this is really cool looking, and then that has like, that I think that art style carried that game a lot. But like if it didn't have that, you know, I understand. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying that you know, it's that argument about these games, those projects could be better served maybe on other plat- like platforms. Like, wouldn't it be better for Platinum to, like, have a- why would they agree to this and what- why wouldn't they just agree to, like, Bayonetta 3 only? Put all their resources into this because they- they've developed for the Switch or Nintendo in the past. They could make it look really run well and look pretty good on the Switch. Like, that's a strength of theirs versus trying to take a whole new IP. Like, that's such a demanding ask of them. And right. the only answer, uh, the best answer I can come up with you is, uh, like, they they need projects. They need money. They keep going on. And yeah, right. Uh, whoever, yeah. Whoever's and like paying. Yeah, that's is, right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's paying for is getting yeah. the license. They, they of course. have yeah. to keep multiple projects. That's like that's yeah. one of their and MOs. I think that, yeah. that Bayonetta Free is also a completely different team than the, um, mm-hmm. the team that's working on Astral Chain. Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah, I think that's true too. Because, so because yeah. Camille is only overseeing it, and Tower from Near Automata is doing the direction. Yes. So yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's very good to point out yeah. as well. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think we'll have to wait too much longer after Astral Chain comes out to see Bayonetta 3 would be my gut. Yeah. So. I'm seeing like a Game Awards re-reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. But, but yeah, you brought up a good point also about like uh, in the last year, two year, two years, Nintendo has had a bit of a few missteps in revealing things a little too early. I don't think they intended it to be that way, but it's just how mm-hmm. development plays out. Like you said Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, which is real quick to go back to the Breath of the Wild teaser, which is why another reason I think it's come out sooner rather than yeah. later. They know the stakes. When they show off A, a Zelda game, and B, they've had those like delays that have happened with other high-profile projects, it's like, this is third time's a charm, maybe like beyond that for the Switch generation. And it's... They have to be confident that it's coming out in some reasonable time frame. Like right. I would say, like anywhere from a year to like, like anywhere from twelve to eighteen months would probably be my best guess for a timetable for that game. Otherwise, why the heck did you? Why did you shut it off? Exactly. Like, why wouldn't you just wait? Like Game Awards, like buy yourself a few more months or something. Like this is a really. They had so much in that direct. You, you didn't need that, but yeah. I, I think they're confident about that. But uh, Ash, yes, I want to know what you got hands on with at E three. 
that really wowed you? Okay, so before I get into my my, my favorite thing I got hands on with okay. by Nintendo, uh, there's another Switch game that I was really happy with. I want to go on a quick tangent to yeah, highlight. Sure. No, yeah. And that uh, that was I got to play Grandia HD Collection. Oh, mm. that was there. Yeah, it oh. was there. I didn't find out till after the show. Right, I was, it was like there. so angry. Yes. And, and How was so, it? Well, I don't know if I, I may have told you, but uh, I played it at PAX West last year, and to say yes. it looked awful would have been putting it kindly. <laughs> Like it was, it was a mess. Okay, and and the the rep, the gung ho rep I talked to about yeah, it at the time did not yeah. instill in me any confidence that they knew what IP they had inherited, like the importance oh, of it. So I was really, good. really, really sad going in. Okay, I'm so happy to report that okay. things have been turned around 150. percent Okay, that's good. I got to I got to see. I didn't get to actually play it, but I got to go see it close like behind okay. the demo. I shouldn't have said hands on, but. Um, but no, I got saw it in action though. But I yeah, saw it in action, okay. and, and I I got a good long look at both Grandia one and two. They're both looking great. Right. Um, I, I can see some people maybe criticizing one because it, it has that kind of like that smoothed over texture look, like everything slathered in oil. But mm. it works for that game, in my opinion. Okay. And so yeah, both Grandia one and two are are looking great, and it's coming with a few enhancements because I like Grandia two is based on the PC version, so we're getting sixty frames per second battles at least in TV mode. Which certainly nice. never happened back on Dreamcast. Yeah, and uh, one one really cool thing is that they actually uh, they they're not letterboxing the FMVs. They actually extended the art to they make had the, them so they had the originals and extended yeah they had them, the original FMVs it. okay exactly okay, so they're okay. actually widescreen FMVs nice. from the PS1 and Dreamcast era, which is really cool Ooh. and dual uh, dual audio for mm, both games. It. So love it. They they really I, you can tell that they went back to the drawing board. They know how important Grandia is and. I'm very confident that when it does come out, Grandia fans are going to be very happy. I, I Grandia 2 is one, one of my favorite games of all time, so I was very, very critical of this, and I'm so happy. Going back to the point where you said, JR, or, uh, I think you said JRPGs everywhere yeah. on, on the Switch, so super exciting. Uh, with that said, Link's Awakening. All right. Link's uh, Awakening. I know it's, it's the expected answer, or one of the two expected answers, but... I can't help it, man. Link's Awakening is, is one of my favorite Zelda games of all time, like probably top three, four. And I to, to get it back in this form at all is, is fantastic. But after having gone hands-on with it for uh, quite extensively, actually, um, obviously there's still some optimization to be done. The frame rate was all over the place, you know, but this is Nintendo. Look at A Link Between Worlds. It's going to be fine by launch. And there's so much charm. I love the, the, the kind of little toy look for the characters. Yeah. I had a blast exploring Mave Village and then seeing these reimaginings of all these characters I remember from the Game Boy. I, I am so happy that this remake exists. And, uh, you know, I know it's not necessarily something big and new like Luigi's Mansion 3, which I also really liked. But I was just taken in by the pure charm and just, the, I, I admit it, the sheer nostalgia of one of my favorite Zelda games. I really enjoyed it. I think the only, th- I'll say the negative about it, and it's not really a negative so much as uh, I've played the game. Sure. And so, like... Hmm. I know what to expect, and I think, like, in the demo, demo was only about 12 to 13 minutes. So, to me, I just was like, I picked it up, went on a few screens, and was like, okay, I'm ready to play the full game now. You know what I mean? That's like, totally I'm, fair. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like, ready to... Yeah. And, and not, not again, not to, like, dog on the game. It's not a point against the game. It's right. really yeah. a point against E3 as we've yeah. come to right. play these these games all the time, right. the preview builds. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's we've experienced it before. It, it looks incredible. Sounds great. Feels like it should, and hopefully as it should. And uh, I think we're just ready. I'm ready for the end to come out in September. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I couldn't be happier. The, the main thing for me is that they have to keep the vibe right. Like they, mm-hmm. it, it has to maintain that really unique sense of melancholy that Link's Awakening right. has. Because it's it's lighthearted. It's cute at first, and it mm-hmm. remains that way. But 
then you get that twist, and you know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it for those who haven't yeah. played this wonderful game. It's actually it's pretty melancholy, and they mm-hmm. they have to nail that vibe. They can't get rid of that. You know, despite playing it like a couple of times on the original and then on 3DS a number of times, I still played for the demo like five times. Uh huh. Same here. Because uh, I really yeah. wanted to get to the end of that dungeon. Right. Re- the first the first two times I was really frustrated that I couldn't do it. Did you do it? I did do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we did collectively as a team. I tried to take the shortcut by getting the magic powder and the ah, bear yeah, yeah. game, and I failed like four times oh, getting it. Man. So I got through the mid-boss of the tail cave. And then uh, Steve, shout-outs to Steve uh, from the Game Explained team, he came and gave it his own shot and was doing a great job and also had a Nintendo rep who had just played through the demo a million times, like, guide him through all the, like, skip the map, skip the compass, all the stuff yeah. you don't need in tail cave, and he made it to the end. And so shout-outs to him. We got to see the boss, and we got to see him get the instrument and that is actually when the demo ends properly. Yeah. So we got to see the yeah. whole thing, and I just I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. You brought the the Trinity game. Yes, they did change. They changed it. Um, the, the physics are different. That's why I failed it. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's no longer on like the, the the rectangular conveyor belt anymore. Right. There's no. the three static and then a moving like two platforms there. Like I kind of like that. The conveyor thing was a little annoying and stuff. Yeah. But like nice little like white shadow now that shows you where you could get. But like. The precision, it like felt like it could slide a little bit too much. Like if you weren't like you know very soft with the touch on there, and I exactly. kind of like really like that. Um, I liked some of the subtle new things they threw in there. Um, not just like aesthetics, but uh, new things, brand new outright things. Uh, the display stand things. I don't know if you right. saw those. They find a lot and of all those. the all the Mario name, all the Mario characters that are uh, enemies that are stuck in there have. They're like this stand says like Goomba on there. It's like. Oh, Oh, what, yeah. what is this possibly going to be? I've seen people think it's going to be maybe the figurines from The Wind Waker are going to mm-hmm. come back. But I'm curious to how all of you feel about – you kind of brought it up, George. Like, you're just ready to play this because you know this game. And I wonder if that's any – if that's a detriment to any of you that aside from the dungeon, like the custom dungeon thing they're going to throw in there – and perhaps these collectible things, that for the most part, this is pretty much a faithful one-to-one reimagining in terms of, like, pacing and structure. Does that bother you at all that it's not trying to be any more ambitious than that? Or, like, is that exactly what you wanted and you're actually happy with what they decided to do? I'm happy with exactly what I... I'm, I'm very happy. I think it's cool that they're adding new elements. You know, the dungeon, the this whatever this dungeon builder is, this dungeon explorer yeah. thing is a... Great way to start fleshing out new ideas that are, you know, possibly going forward for this f- reboot of a franchise, if you will. Um, amiibo support, you know, like we have this little Link amiibo now. Mm. I have they said I don't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention during the. It unlocks new pieces that custom dungeon you okay. can use. Sure. Yes. So so there's that. But what does that mean for all the other fifteen or twenty Zelda amiibo yeah. out there? What does that mean for the Mario amiibo out there? Um, I think. Something I've been noticing lately with Nintendo and the Switch is that Amiibo is important to their to their product line of advertising, but it hasn't been too important as an integration for their products, no. right? Right. You know, Crafted World yeah. was a great example of how the, how it was not nearly as creative as it was in Woolly World. Um, you know, I, I think there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect with with functionality in Amiibo nowadays. And it's not, and it's not like the amiibo are getting any cheaper or any easier to get. They're still <laughs> difficult to find. They're still a pain in the butt to get. Um, but they're just not being. Yeah. They're not using it as the function that I feel like it should be, which which is to implement new features 
and new aspects to these games, yeah. especially in franchises like we already know, like Zelda. There's right. a lot of potential they could use those amiibo for, um, and there's there's so many amiibo now. There's I think there's got to be almost a hundred of them at this point. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah they're get, they're definitely there, and that to me is a missed opportunity. They could have a lot more fun with that, and and even if it's like, oh, we didn't come up with a new, uh, we didn't come up with a new uh, required way to use the amiibo, you know, something like the dungeon crawler stuff is great, but the amiibo can make it more interesting, more fun, and and you can. Kind of expand your horizons with it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I going back to your original question, I think you are always walking on thin ice when you try to go in and add new big elements to a classic, you know, beloved game. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and it can be done well. Like we saw with Link's Awakening Deluxe, the color dungeon is actually, I, I, apparently it's coming back for the remake. I, yes. I think I heard that. Actually, and apparently showed it off in Treehouse. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but like... Huh. And the roommate that, told me, yeah, they showed it off. I was like, damn, missed it. Yeah. That dungeon, in my opinion, is a great example of, of implementing a new feature into a, into a classic game right such that it felt like it might have always been there. If they can do that again, I think that would be really cool. Otherwise, you know, it's it, you have to be careful because you may just end up ruining the, the perfect balance of, of elements that make Link, makes Link, Link's Awakening what it is. Definitely. And so I would like to see that at the same time. If they don't go in and add a new dungeon, I'm not gonna, you know, turn my nose up at it because I still know that I'm getting a reimagining or you know remake of one of my favorite ex- gaming experiences of all time. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna definitely gonna play through it. That's that's <laughs> about it, really. Yeah. I mean, they could add as much as I like, but the feeling needs to be there. That's the point. Yes. I think the heart of the soul of that original game just needs to stay intact, and that's the most right. important thing that they need to do. Well, you know, going the other direction, too, is a good example, is the DS version of Chrono Trigger. While I do think it is still <laughs> the definitive version, or the Steam version now, the you know, and I love some of the stuff they added, like the new ending in Final Boss, right. the two new dungeons they added are so obviously worse than the rest of the game Yeah, that it, it definitely yeah, no hurts kidding. the game overall. That's a good more. point. So, you know, you have to be careful. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I always thought the color dungeon was like a little novelty in Link's Awakening DX. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was actually a good dungeon. It oh, you just didn't? Like, it was just like a nice bonus you can get to enhance your defensive or offensive power. It was just like kind of a gimmick mm-hmm. and to play. Oh, look, it's red and blue. It's a color dungeon. Color puzzles. Like, okay, I get it and stuff. Like, I don't think it's going to have, unless they, I didn't see it, unless they reimagined it for this game as well with new mechanics, it's going to be pretty simple. And I think people will be like, eh, whatever. But I think... What I, I started to see in the demo um, that I'm starting to appreciate more and more, and I got hands on with it, is the tempering, like the expectations. They're not, they're not going to radically change anything like that because they do want to preserve, as you said, like the feeling of melancholy, like the atmosphere of the game. Like they yeah. need to retain that and not lose that. What they're doing is more subtle changes and like the moment to moment stuff that I'm starting to notice. For example, um, finding the moblins up in the the forest just north of you, uh, the ones throwing like spears at you. It, it, it used to be like really easy to hit them, but now they back up just a bit. So yeah. it's like a little bit more involved in trying to right. beat them. The one with the sword and shield, you can't just like get behind them and hit them. You gotta like throw them off balance by deflecting. I was yeah. like, there's a, they're okay, I'm seeing these little minor tweaks they're doing to make the game feel a little bit more involved and change the experience just a little bit that it feels just fresh enough that I, I can appreciate that with, without being too risky that I can upset the delicate balance. The game is relatively short to begin with, mm-hmm. so by adding mm-hmm. those little subtlety quality of life changes, I think it, it it takes this flagpole and moves it just a little bit so that the gamer, one, doesn't feel dumb or pandered to, and two, that it stays faithful to what we knew when we were kids. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And again, we haven't seen everything yet. We're just assuming everything we've seen is it, because it's a no, the game itself is a known quantity since it's a, right. it's a, a, a right. remake. Yeah. 
I mean, they, there is precedent for them. They can do all sorts of things we don't expect. There might be a difficulty setting to make the game harder. It's been a pretty standard thing on Zelda games. They've opened the gate with a dungeon creator that what if they introduce a second quest type thing where dungeons are rearranged, like master quest style. That would be like, cool. They, 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 like there's that. stuff they might, yeah. they might like, they want to save that for the surprise reveal. They're like, they're, it's not a, like a closed uh, book yet. Like, there, there's definitely potential for something to surprise us. If anyone out there is still like, oh, it looks good and stuff, but I was expecting a little bit more, especially I see some people saying because it is a full price game, it's like the $60 game, they like want just like, maybe a little bit more of it since we do, I think we do agree it is a little bit of a, a shorter Zelda game in the yeah, series. Absolutely. Yeah, But like, yeah, hold out. They're still, I, I'm still optimistic. They have like another surprise in store for us that, you know, it, it, it they could do amazing things with it. Like Nintendo's proven that they can do that. Well, you know, speaking of that point, I think one thing that could do with maybe a little improvement in this remake, and I won't spoil where you go, but it's the very last area of the game that you go before the final boss. Mm-hmm. I think that could oh. be, that could use a rethinking. I think they could flesh that out into a full dungeon experience and I always thought that back in the original so I think it would be cool if they took that opportunity to to flesh that part out yeah it's interesting too because uh, the the budget and the team that originally made this game is so much smaller and different than what the resources that Nintendo is giving this game now so you know do they have the ability to change a lot of those things absolutely should they sure but at the same time how do you keep it exactly the same right. without fundamentally changing a lot. And I think that uh, I agree that, that end, the end section is very confusing, very muddling. Uh, I just it's, – it's, it's a fascinating philosophy when it comes to Nintendo and how they remaster their games because right. when they – when they're the kind of company that when they do their remaster, it's not just a port. There's so much more put into thought. How do we make it better? How do we make it more engaging? How do we remain faithful while also moving forward? Right. Definitely. Um, but yeah, coming out very soon. Uh, September. Um, yeah. yeah. Not too long away. Um, I was going to mention this, Don. Um, so far, only Europe is getting that nice, uh, yes. really yeah. limited edition. <laughs> Gosh. Right. Why? We were yesterday at the party. Yeah. I, I pre-ordered where we were there. Nice. Uh, because it was 10 a.m. in Europe, and the pre-orders went live. Uh, I was like there in the first minute, and then they were gone like two minutes later. Man, I am not gonna buy it on eBay. Every single, <laughs> every place that has it so far Thank will you, not man. ship to the U.S. Ex- except for I think one, but uh, I, I don't know how <laughs> reputable it is. I'm waiting for for game to get it, the UK event uh, retailer, because right. they will ship internationally it's online. That's how I buy a lot of my things I need from uh, European versions. Yeah, still don't have it. If it got listed now and I miss it, I'll be very angry. But Watch, I'll pre-order it, and the next day they'll Nintendo of America will announce, oh, you're getting it over here. But, yeah, a little jelly that you're getting that like, yeah, Game you guys, Boy Steel. You guys, you guys get the case, and we get the, we get the book. Which does look nice, to be It's fair. a nice yeah. book. But the case nice is book. really cool. I think the case would have been cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so cool, yeah. Um, I want to wrap this up with our little final segment here. We, we talked about what we got hands-on. We talked about like highlights from the Direct. I'm kinda, I, we talked a little bit about it, I guess, like with Gerard, talking about Bayonet 3. There's things that were maybe like missing from this E3 that your little surprise wasn't there mm. from Nintendo or a third-party that sh- game that should have been for Nintendo um, or just something that disappointed you in general about uh, this E3. Um, well, let's let Gerard go first because I went first, you went first. Yep. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, hmm. I'm not disappointed by it. I I was just surprised that we didn't see much else of it. And that was uh no new Mario Rabbids game. Because I think yeah. I, th- I I don't know anything. I don't I don't yeah. have any inside knowledge, but 
Um, I think they're at a point right now where it is very smart of them to keep up with the momentum of Mario Rabbids, especially with Grant Kirk open smash and his, and you know, cause he did the music for Mario Rabbids. Like I, it's definitely, I feel like it's coming. I feel like next E3 would be the big year for that. Um, I was just kind of surprised that we didn't really have anything, really anything from, from the Ubisoft yes. side or really, really yes. third party, right. third party support in a true fashion for Nintendo other than the companies are working with like Sega and Platinum. Definitely. Okay. That, yeah, great point. Yeah. Uh, I, ha- I have a joke answer and a serious answer. Sure. My joke answer joke is, is I've said this a few a uh, few different times a few different places, but during our uh, Game Explains E3 predictions discussion, Derek, shout-outs to him again, just out of nowhere throughout the prediction, I think Square's going to uh, port Chrono Trigger to Switch. And I'm like, Derek, first of all, you need to prepare somebody before you say that. You don't just throw out Chrono Trigger. You don't invoke yeah. that name without you know really preparing people. And so even though I never thought that would happen, I think it might probably happen eventually. I never even thought about it as a possibility at this direct, but I'm now disappointed that we didn't get it because I've been unable to stop thinking about it. Like the the, the post-patch Steam version of Chrono Trigger on Switch would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be perfect. So that's my joke answer because, damn it, Derek, wow, you made me want that. You're joking about Chrono Trigger. Well, okay. in the sense that I never thought it would be revealed here, but, but hopefully soon. Uh, my serious answer is that I made the mistake of reminding myself that the uh, the producer and creator of Rhythm Heaven, Sunku, recently said that uh, over as, as recently as March, uh, I think he's recovering from his health issues, and said that he would be willing to do a new Rhythm Heaven for Switch if the fan demand is there. The fan demand is here, Nintendo. I like here too. <laughs> so I never uh, thought that we were... I didn't think we were really getting it, but I was kind of hoping, like nursing hope, that we get a port of uh, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix okay, yeah, yeah, on yeah, Switch. Yeah. So yeah. I was a little disappointed not to see that. Rhythm Heaven is like my secret favorite Nintendo <sighs> series. It's so and good. And it's just... It's amazing. And I want... I, I you know... One of my favorite things about Rhythm Heaven Fever is it is the only Rhythm Heaven game that can draw people into a party-like atmosphere because anyone who walks by that is like, even if you're not into video games, you're like, whoa, this is cool. Bright colors, cool designs. You're only using one button most of the time. What is this? Yeah. And it gets people into it. With a Switch version of Megamix, we could get that again. And I love playing Rhythm Heaven with people. Get it off a handheld-only format. Give me the latest one <laughs> on, on a console and handheld yeah. format. Yeah. So I was a little sad we didn't see that. Didn't really expect it, but I hope we get it. Yeah. I kind of want to end with this E3 with a sort of open mind, because usually sure. I'm kind of critical of conferences, especially last year. Um, I like Smash, but I'm not the greatest Smash guy. So, like, 25 minutes of Smash, like, really, <laughs> like, really bummed me out. Uh-huh. Like this year was very different. Where I'm kind, I'm kind of like happy this time around. That's I'm very good. happy. Like I was a little bit bummed initially with about the Animal Crossing stuff, but then when you learn more and see what they're doing with it, I'm kind of like I'm okay waiting a little bit. So like, it's just a nice change. I feel kind of satisfied this time around, and it feels weird to say that. Like I, I wish there was more third party stuff that uh that was there on Switch. Like. Outside of the Nintendo stuff, I didn't play that much third-party stuff on Switch on mm-hmm. uh, the E3 this year. But, like, the first-party stuff, like, the lineup this year is actually pretty solid. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, small disappointment would probably be just, like, Capcom. Like, it, it, goes, yeah, it goes beyond yeah. Nintendo, honestly. But I understand they had, like, a stellar first half, with re- uh, you know, Resident Evil 2 remake and Devil May Cry 5. So it's, like... Hey, they just put out these two great games. Like they gotta like take at, a little break before they yeah, go back yeah, and develop. Yeah. It was, I think people are getting a little too giddy for like, oh, they're gonna announce remake three or something. Or but at least on Switch, like maybe they announce new Monster Hunter just for Switch because you know Monster Hunter does well on Switch. And, you know, 
nothing that came to be. So that was a small disappointment. Um, I think I psyched myself. To, it was everything was fantastic, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I couldn't have asked for any more without being a little greedy. Mm. And that's where my like I guess sort of my joke answer as well for me is I, I got a little too greedy in also my predictions. Um, thinking that uh, we were gonna get a, a tease of the new 3D Mario, whether it was like Super Mario 3D World port, a Wii U port to Switch, mm. or just outright Odyssey 2, because. I was like, I was arguing that there was no DLC levels. Why would you do that? Obviously, it's because they're saving those levels for a sequel. It's going to be a Galaxy situation where we got Galaxy 2 three years after. Odyssey came out 2017, so three years later, it'll be 2020. Perfect time to announce it right now and like show it off. Didn't happen, but I got I got Zelda, so it's like, oh, I got I got the one I'm more into, so I can't. And you know what? There's plenty to go around. Like, let Mario have like time later if they're indeed working on it. So, agree. I was pretty mm-hmm. happy with everything. Just yeah. a little, little, some third party stuff not being there was probably like the only serious yeah. thing. I was like, oh, kind of expect I, that, but no. I, I yeah. do wish a little bit more that Capcom would be more active in porting stuff because they have a huge catalog to port on, and then now they're bringing over Resident Evil Six. <laughs> Yeah, like no mention yeah. of the other Devil May Cry games. It's still just Devil no. May Cry One at yeah. this point. And I played Devil May Cry yeah. One. It was very plain. It was just it was Devil May Cry on Switch. It didn't. It was, I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't really stand out in any way. And 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 actually, uh, so was Resident Evil Six. That was playable behind closed doors. Oh. And I and I got a chance to take that for a spin and kind of just piggybacking off what you said about it being disappointing. Capcom isn't putting the effort into these into these oh, titles these that they should be. Yeah. Like RE4 no. didn't have Gyro. RE6, oh, yeah. from what I can tell, does not have gyro either, but it, but it did have HD rumble, yet RE5 doesn't. Okay. So they're, they're taking a weird too. scattershot approach yeah, to these ports. They are pricey. They're yeah, price they're too pricey. Little, yeah. 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 You know, I think the price is a tone to them down compressing. Because look, like the Wii U, not the greatest graphic capability based console, right? No. The Wii, also the same. <laughs> Nintendo's hardware for the past few years has not been powerhouses. So to take games like Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, and then compartmentalizing it to be playable on Switch, they have to make their money back, I'm sure, because they're trying to get these beautiful big games to fit a platform that they were not designed for. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. The, you know, the 360 and the PS3 are still, I'd argue, almost the same, if not a little more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. So they have to really put their hands around, around this, these games and like figure out how to get them smaller. With that said, they are way too overpriced. I'd rather just play them on Steam or or you know Xbox One or PS4. Mm-hmm. The price is absolutely preventing me from making those insta buys. Yeah, like if they right. were, like yeah. Resident Evil Four would have been an insta buy if it was cheaper. A five would actually be an instant buy for me if it's cheaper, and it's just it's not. And the fact that they're not adding anything extra, sometimes as you said, like RE4 not having a gyro uh, aiming for that. It was right. Like, uh, the wait, commercial what? in the direct was really oh, weird. It was low point. What a low weird. Point. That was low point. Big, big, big introduction of Koizumi too. Like, why would you play it in a different location? It yeah. Just go to a spooky house. That's <laughs> like uh, that was just a weird choice. It was weird. It was yeah. a weird. It was a weird that. choice to promote. That might be my biggest disappointment, is having yeah, Koizumi no, in the direct and introducing a weird Resident Evil game and not introducing Link's Awakening, the game he was like so instrumental in being a part of. I was, yeah. like, oh, I was yeah. like, please yeah. like, give, give this person their due for like being an instrumental part in crafting one of the like most unique stories and atmospheres in a Zelda game. Mm. And 
missed up. I like that was a huge Instead, missed opportunity. Like, Resident Evil, very, yeah. yeah, Resident <laughs> Evil, Koizumi. They made movie reverse because we uh, Nintendo took Fujibayashi off of flagship from Capcom, working on the Oracle and Minish Cap games, to now be the, like, the director of the Zelda games with the Breath of the Wild and Skyward Sword. Before that, maybe uh, Capcom's gonna steal Koizumi or rate or oh, become the new no. Resident Evil director. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> gonna go in reverse this time. <laughs> no, the the RE five and six weird trailer thing was definitely low point. I would say the other low point was uh, Contra Road Corps. Oh, that was... <laughs> that is not... I don't, I don't under... And it was funny. It was funny. That was actually my last appointment of the show. So I ended E3 oh. with Contra. And oh, you no. know what? Here's what's funny. It actually isn't as horrid as the trailer made it seem. Okay. It actually plays okay. okay. But okay. it doesn't play like anything I feel like Contra fans would ever want. That's the thing. It, it looks very plasticky. Yeah, and, and it's just, it doesn't, uh, I mean, and what's weird is I found out that it's actually is being created by the same guy who produced Contra 3, and I think directed really? Contra Hardcore. Or I might have gotten those mix, uh, reversed, but okay. but they still, it's a guy worked on Hardcore mm. and the Alien Wars, and I'm like, why is this something that you think Contra fans want? Now, I'm, mm. I can't speak as a hardcore Contra fan. I'm not one. Sure. But given what I know and, and have played of Contra and know of, of uh-huh. its fans, this isn't what they were looking for, I don't think. Shout out to the Contra Hardcore no, the Contra yeah. Collection. No, 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 <laughs> right, no. exactly. So <laughs> that's the Contra Collection. Yeah. 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 So I will say that's the, tr- where the budget went. The yeah, trailer exactly. made it look worse than it actually is, but <laughs> okay. it's still not something I think Contra fans are going to be over the moon about. All right. Yeah. Woo. Good E3, huh? Yeah. yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Good E3. Uh, solid. Yeah. Like, I don't think For I Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to the output they're going to have in the next few months and next year. Um, I want to thank all of you for joining me today. Oh, thank you. This thank is, you. Uh, I've, this one, since we got in the studio, this is, like, one of the biggest things I want to do is, uh, like, have, like, all guest panels like this for, like, big <laughs> events like this. And, like, sure. making this work, like, thank you so much. Like, this would not be possible if you eat all three of you didn't take out busy schedule uh, time from your busy schedules and stuff. So greatly appreciate that. Right. And well, thank uh, you very much. And yeah, I always say this, us. but literally anytime I'm, I'm happy to be here because I love you guys. I love your content and I'm just honored to be here. So thank you. Always a pleasure. Wonderful. Well, for everyone else, uh, yeah, the, none of the patron stuff, none of that, you know, it's a live episodes and stuff. <laughs> so until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Thank <laughs> you.